0: and welcome to the old moon podcast episode 42 thank you jay um i am your host blue squadron joined by my co-hosts uh as always every week blonde we'll start with you
1: hello it's me blonde bear still grinding for my lvi and merchants (laughs) all enjoying peace Deserves, and I like the party. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, you fucking deserve that grind. (laughs) Yeah, you've literally, you conveniently (laughs) leave out the one tap debos. Honestly, I would, I would be okay with grinding infinitely if my debos one tap too. Uh, Sadly, nothing one taps, and I still am grinding infinitely. Um, So, and Jacob.
2: Hello, my name is Jinkin. I'm an Awakening Wusomew and 765 gear score. I do a lot of endgame TV content, such as Olin's Valley, the dungeons. I'm currently working on getting back into bartering and started doing sailors again and possibly going for the Null. I do want it in the future. It's the last treasure that I have, that I need. And you can find me over at twitch.tv, slash before the T.
0: Always got to lay his gear score on the table. <laughs> like he's presenting his manhood to yes. the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Every time every time so there's a lot to talk about this week actually because we're in Mm -hmm. a big state of uh like a shifting state for the game uh if you will uh so we have the developers who two weeks ago basically proposed three different propositions for like big sweeping changes to the game um for both pvp and pve because let's be honest you can't change protections and then pretend that it only affects pvp um so like they proposed these big sweeping changes uh one of three changes and they proposed them to us and then this week they came back on the global labs uh and they told us they listened to our feedback and most of us said we would like option two but that even more of us said that we would like a a less severe approach if you will um one that Hmm. doesn't necessarily sweepingly change pvp as a whole so they said they're going to take a much more conservative approach to number two while they change uh, Super Armors to Frontal Guards, for those of you don't, that don't remember. Um, it looks like number two is going to be swapping um, some of the classes, Super Armors to Frontal Guards. Um, we're not sure which classes those are going to be quite yet, but they did say they were going to take a more conservative approach. Now, um, one of the most important things on the Global Labs, though, is that for the very first time in a really long time, we actually see nerfs on the Global Labs, which tells me. But they mm-hmm. have to at least be listening to us somewhat because those nerfs came almost directly out of uh, the Divios playbook, the global, uh, the I mean the UN podcast, and then the various forum posts and everything, and all the YouTube videos that uh, other creators have kind of made on this. So uh, it does look like that they, they are listening at least somewhat uh, as we see our first nerfs here. How do you guys feel about some of these nerfs here? I'm going to start us off Awakening Draconia. How are we feeling about these nerfs? Because like I was doing the Macarena.
1: Um, I mean, oh, it definitely um... feels like they... Sorry, go ahead, Jay.
2: No,
0: go ahead, no.
1: It definitely feels like they... Uh, if you don't feel like they're listening at this point, I I mean, I know it's like kind of only stage one. It quite literally, exactly like you said, feels like they literally read Divya's Dragon Manifesto, and then they also, yeah, are listening to the... <laughs> I like UN that I called it, then, it a
0: manifesto, and now everyone's calling it a manifesto. <laughs> it, it
1: definitely is. It definitely is. It's, it's, it's a good. It's, I mean, a, it's good. It's a though. big document to yeah. enforce a big policy change or change in in the system. And I mean a lot. The, he addressed a lot in the document, and I, I think that they don't just want to have one big global lab with like fifty changes and not see where it goes. I think mm-hmm. they're going to do cha- two changes, maybe get really specific, particular, and then kind of go from there. As far as I know, everybody that's got a reasonable mind about PVP is pretty much like hey like this is this is looking pretty good. It's not perfect, but this is looking pretty good. So, it's a step in the right direction. It and especially indeed. after they gave the option and every feedback was like, well, they all suck, but I, if we have to pick option 2, but really what we want is this. And then like they did that. <laughs> and so if they keep going in this direction, this seems like generally what at least the well-rounded well-minded people that I've you know talked to seem to like.
0: Yeah. I mean I like so how do you feel about the the awakening Jirkani nerve specifically
1: though? I I don't know. I can't comment. <laughs> I I, He's like I, I have I no idea. Is, I can't say as long as the people I believe in Know it, then good. But I, I can't make no comment because I don't have a clue. I don't that know. One. I ain't out there on the fields. Yeah. I'm in the, I'm in the stands. You know, You're in the stands.
0: On. All right, Jay. I respect it. Jay, how do you feel about like uh, this new Nerf approach? I know that you probably don't have a much of an opinion approach. on um, Draconia um, specifically, but how do you feel about these uh-huh. Nerfs?
2: yeah so what i noticed is that it seems like the nerfs had like a more positive response than i expected you know apart from the sages and draconis of course and i thought that was an interesting thing too which is you know generally buffs are usually liked and nerfs are usually disliked but when you look at what's been happening the last three weeks the potential buffs that they were gonna do right they ended up getting a very negative reception so it never came and these nerfs ended up getting a more positive reception than those you know previously proposed buffs so i think this really goes to show that buffing is not always the answer Right? And sometimes we have to reduce it over to make like room for more. Um, I remember I had this conversation with one of my viewers who was really upset about the nerfs and (laughs) spoiler alert, they were, they were a sage. Um, and I was, I was trying my best to listen to them and try to make them more understanding of, you know, perhaps why these nerves are happening. And I was saying along the lines of, you know, when I think of balance, I think of walking across a tightrope. And if you lean too much to the left or too much to the right, you'll fall, right? and perhaps certain classes were leaning too much to one side so in order to stay balanced on the tightrope we had to you know we needed to lean towards towards the opposite side right um he was still upset <laughs> after the conversation, but he did express that he was more understanding of it and i think um um when we think of why nurse happened in the first place you know the paper definition uh, is that balance updates are ways to improve the Frequency of underrepresented classes and reduce the overrepresented ones and you know um, I'm just thinking like what what makes a what makes a nerf like a good one and what makes it like a bad one, right? I think um, uh, What makes a good nerf is that it you know, it makes the game more fun and exciting for others overall um, I remember this other conversation with another viewer who says that they were like they were always dreading when they were facing certain classes in pvp and it's not fun fighting them i asked them why it's not fun and they felt like they couldn't do anything against a certain class and they got me to think um of this um i don't know if i should call it like a like an anecdote or analogy but do you guys know like rock paper scissors gun right that concept where (laughs) gun essentially beats everything and i think there's a couple guns out there in bdo and so why would you pick rock paper or scissors when you can pick gun. And I think that would be kind of boring if everyone picked gun. And so have you guys have ever heard of something called Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard Spock? Where scissors cuts paper, paper covers rock, rock crushes lizard, lizard poisons Spock, Spock smashes scissors, scissors decapitates lizard, a lizard eats paper, paper disproves Spock, Spock vaporizes rock, and rock crushes scissors. And yes, I did rehearse that many times. Wait, what the but wouldn't <laughs> that be more interesting? No! Than rock, paper, scissors, gun.
0: It's exactly what we have going on now, Jay. The game is, is too goddamn what? complicated. <laughs> Just keep it rock, paper, scissors. I feel like every other MMO, rock, paper, <laughs> scissors, support, healer, tank. It's
1: like yeah, DPS. I, you know what I mean? I think there I think there is an important conversation to have about like people that yeah are, like, ups- a <laughs> uh-huh. classic coming from the zerker, right? That, like, a class being good at everything isn't really good and should be nerfed accordingly. But mm. it's also about class identity, right? Um But having yeah. certain classes be good or counter certain classes or certain things, I mean, I think everything is usually kind of scaled for, like, medium to large scale. 1v1s isn't really, like, a real thing that gets actually balanced around, so if that's ever Mm -hmm. you're the front for forefront of your conversation like it's really not gonna go anywhere because there's tons of classes that excel in 1v1s but are terrible in anything more than three to five people um Mm -hmm. so i think it's important to look at that too but yeah i think i think a lot of people don't really (laughs) yeah it's always like you know if a class is kind of accelerating everything and you're kind of nerfing it um obviously people aren't gonna like it because they like having their class be good at everything, because that's what they're used to. Versus a lot of classes get, like, one to two game modes where they're excelling at, and everything else they're kind of average or below at. And so Mm. I I think in general, nerfs don't feel good, but I I, I don't know. A lot of people that argue against nerfs for classes that are really strong aren't really on a level-headed mindset. You know, they like being OP, so why not be OP?
2: That was was also another thing that I um, thought that was interesting, is, like, why do nerfs feel so much worse than when we get buffs, if that makes sense. Like, they hurt, like, twice as much um, than the gains we get. And I actually, like, looked it up. It's apparently it's called something called, like, loss aversion, um, where, again, like, the the, the the losses hurt twice as much um, than the gains. And companies do this all the time where they have, like, this, like, deal on the sale. Like, oh, if you don't get it now... You know, it's going to be full price later on. And so I think for, for you know, when it comes to facing um, uh, these 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 hard matchups in in, in the game, um, I think it's, it's, you know, much more manageable when players have more options to deal with those hard matchups. And um, I do think that if a class is too strong, it can limit those options for other classes to deal with that hard matchup. So um, maybe, you know, with these draconia nerves and with these Sage nerfs, maybe TA is trying to do that but um, i, I hope that so the
0: exact answer <laughs> yeah i mean like i i, I would hope so yeah, i mean like yeah. i think it's a step mm-hmm. in the right direction right it's yeah, kind of just an sure. indicator for what mm-hmm. they're trying to do uh with the game and the direction they're trying to go which i'll be honest for the first time as a as a player uh and as a content mm-hmm. creator i really do feel like i was like okay hey, hey maybe they, they actually listen to the to the mm-hmm. feedback like you know you scream loud enough and it eventually they might hear you kind of deals so like that felt kind of good uh okay so yeah i mean sage got nerfed too which is why like i mean i kind of look over at diviosis manifesto so and i say okay well they may have looked directly at that because like honestly right. those sage nerfs almost came directly out of his book
1: directly from the book but, right
0: like that looking
1: at the playbook kind of crazy soon.
0: i mean that's good though right like that they're yes. like like if it did come from that book i think that's a i think that's a w change uh in yep. this case so <laughs> like uh, you guys don't have too much of an opinion on the nerfs. One of the buffs that I was particularly excited about uh, was actually Awakening Mystic. Did you guys see those buffs? Mm. Yeah, she can I did cast... I see some people
1: talking about the changes yeah.
0: Yeah, she's up huge. She can now cast a lot of her, like, uh, dragon skills. She can actually summon the dragon instead of having to get all three martial shards. She only needs one martial shard uh, to summon the dragon in a lot of cases. And I think that that dramatically changes how Awakening Mystic actually plays because honestly her play style right now is okay i have to get up to three martial charges and then i can and then i can expend the martial shards, right uh, but now it's mm-hmm. like okay if i proc all three martial shards, then you can do like i think it really opens up like the kind of combo change that you can kind of pull off uh on awakening mystic and it helps you kind of honestly reinvent uh how the class is really kind of supposed to be played uh at a fundamental level because like all of the combos are different. How you're doing damage is different. Overall, the damage would be increased, even though they didn't really increase the damage numbers per se on each of the skills because they can be procked off of one martial shard uh, in a lot of cases now and like the various changes that they did. Um, I think that her damage overall has increased and I think that the class is kind of just up tremendous uh, on, that, on that note. How did you guys feel Awakening Mystic was performing in PvE? uh prior to this i know that jay you do a lot of olin's groups do you see awakening Hello. mystic
2: i have never <laughs> seen an awakening mystic in my group uh, they are usually witches or woosas. Uh <laughs> you elitist son of a
0: <laughs>
2: you elitist Stryker son of a have that martial thingy you were talking about
0: like the martial orb thingies too yeah Or striker also team? has martial shards oh, yeah they both have the mm-hmm. same martial shard system um blonde how do you like mm-hmm. blonde have you seen awakening mystics lately they're pretty rare. I,
1: I haven't. No, they're they're probably one of the most underrepresented classes in a uh, the like mm-hmm. Garmoth Tracker. On, okay, like, well. Large scale.
0: Well, then this is a good thing, then, right? All of this to go. speak to the point where it's just like in um, Didios' like manifesto, he talked about how you need to take the bottom end, underrepresented classes, the weaker classes, and you need to buff them up. The reason why I get excited about these Awakening Mystic changes is that like. That's exactly what they're doing. They're taking a class that like is not represented both in PvP and in PVE, and they're changing it in a way that actually benefits both. So I think that the Awakening Mystic can mm-hmm. actually be played in both PvP now and PVE much more efficiently because of the changes that are on the Global Labs, and I really really like that. Um, no. Were there any classes that you guys kind of got excited about when you saw um, when you saw the Global Labs, or were you just more stunned that they were actually had nerfs on the Global Labs? Uh, blonde, I'll start with you over here.
1: Yeah, the second option. I was just, I was like, oh, okay, okay. They're like, I, again, back to my original. No Berserker there. changes?
0: So yeah.
1: <laughs> listen, we're a scholar main now. Um, True. But, <laughs> but hey, listen, where's my scholar buffs, okay? No, but um, yeah, I just think it's like, hey, this is the step in the right direction. I don't want to see stuff that I want to see. I want to see the right stuff. And this is more of the right stuff. You know what I mean? Like the again it looks like exactly like what a large amount of the community's been talking about in all the different discords even like reddit i saw a lot of feedback on divius's uh, you know commentary and it was it was so funny so many so many of the comments were talking about how biased divius was but i feel like almost all like i don't know actual pvpers were like okay these are this is pretty much st- the standard opinion when it comes to some of these classes so it's like yeah e- even when you get a really well-rounded opinion Uh, regarded by most, it's like, okay, this is kind of what we're looking for. You're still gonna have some people that are just not connecting with it, I think. But yeah no yeah i agree but it was like an, an, a direct I, attention to the detail yeah
0: i think we're all in agreement on that i think that they're definitely moving in the right direction I'm very excited about what's going to come out tonight on the global labs as well so i'm going to be live for uh doing that patch note rundown as well because
1: yeah I'm, honestly I'm the global well, Labs has
0: been kind of popping off lately
1: tonight is what's going to matter mm-hmm. Tonight's going to tell us whether or not they are listening or if this is just a random fluke of chance that Well, I can't, you know, we didn't actually
0: see the changes get pushed through onto live yet. So, like, um, I wouldn't say necessarily tonight is the end all be all. I would say that, like, tonight we might see some adjustments. Yeah, we might see some adjustments, see if they're going to stick with it, etc. Um, or
1: if they address like two more of the classes on the list of that stuff. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, again, it's it's right, it's in the right direction, and that's, I think, the most important part, right?
0: Right. No, I completely agree. Um, Okay, so uh, now on to something that I think that you guys actually can have an opinion on this time because uh, before we're talking about PvP changes and they're like, yeah, that's a thing, you know, that's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's look at uh, trading and the disaster Mm -hmm. that trading has been uh, over its history in Black Desert. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, When trading actually Mm -hmm. started in BDO, um, people actually thought that it wasn't even going to be viable at all like this life skill was going to be viable at all and some people realized that you could actually stack things on your horse like you could overstack weight on your horse and believe it or not this was actually a bug um, mm-hmm. And the developers mm-hmm. actually decided to keep it in the game. And so, this is the classic example in video of this isn't a bug, <laughs> this is a feature. <laughs> right. So, like, they've kept horse. That's it. That is bu- an unintended bug uh, that has been in the game for years, but it actually made trading viable back in the day. And when people realized you could overstack your horse, um, what they started doing is they started stocking up like thousands and thousands of these trade boxes, like in the farthest reaching cities. Uh, And essentially what you would do is you would connect all of your nodes together because you didn't get any uh, trading profit unless uh, unless all of your nodes were connected between the two areas that you were trading between. So they would make them in, like, Trent, and then they would transport them all the way to Valencia. They would run their horse all the way across the world, and then they would trade them with a trading buff that you could pick up in the desert for, like... I don't know, you could get, like, a trading buff for, like, 20 minutes. I forget exactly how it worked. 30 minutes or something like that. Uh, and it increased, um, what, your trading EXP? I, I, I forget exactly. it's so long ago. It was, like, seven years ago. But regardless, they would trade them in Valencia. And players would basically make billions of silver. And I, keep in mind I say billions because it would be, like, two to three billion uh, for, like, three months of AFK work. Uh, essentially of your workers constantly working around the uh, clock making these trade goods but like back then when you were only making six million silver an hour grinding that was a lot of silver right so like Mm -hmm. trading back then was the best life skill in the game biohack uh, actually first became really well known in the community for his trading he only started enhancing when trading kind of started going downhill Um, so if you progress through like the BDO lore a little bit, trading started getting worse and worse and then eventually people started this uh, trade crate rolling um, where like Mm -hmm. they would power level their trading by essentially stacking their character to being overweight and then rolling down the hill to the storage keeper, putting it in storage and then kind of abusing um, storage containers so that they could pull it out in another city uh, and then like level up their trading really quickly (coughs) to try to I hit remember. master too, so that they could then mm-hmm. do this, this again, this trade crate, uh, thing, but eventually over time it's still like a bartering count comes out and then bartering was just basically a, an objectively better trading. Right. Yeah. Um, and then like, um, the silver power that you could make from grinding increased dramatically and eventually trading just kind of fell by the wayside. No one really does it anymore. Um, all of mm-hmm. this to say that this entire time, active trading this is all passive trading this is what players would call passive trading where you stack up trade crates for months uh you let your your workers basically create um your useless materials into boxes and then you transport those boxes across the world and try to make a bunch of silver all at once um active trading where you have like a wagon and you put trade um trade goods on a wagon was never good i don't think that 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 was ever particularly good in bdo's history and so like you fast forward to I was about,
2: wasting time
0: true uh about a year and a half ago uh the developers decided hey we're gonna rework this so they announced we're gonna completely rework trading uh from the ground mm-hmm. up everyone says yay we're very excited um and it takes them nine months nine long mm-hmm. months to actually get this trading rework into the game. I remember there were multiple times where they teased that it was going to be coming out, and then everyone bought all these base materials off the marketplace, like, (laughs) trying to get ready for the for the trading rework. And I was like, sell, mm. sell, 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 sell because I knew, man, that, that, that stuff's not coming anyway, eventually <laughs> nine months later, the trading rework comes out and it's, it's really complex and super mm. confabulated. And I remember we covered it on the old moon podcast when it came out with yeah, tilt. I, the... I can,
2: I can summarize the, the revamp for you. here. Yeah, if go ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So essentially it was a,
2: a market manipulation system where you would buy goods at low prices And you would wait for opportunities to sell them so every four hours it would rise or fall the price of the trade good. and the only way to tell um what could happen is that you would have to talk to certain npcs to hear about rumors about the price rising or falling now the funny part about this is that okay here's the lore way they explained it is that (laughs) the npcs might lie to you about the rumor um of whether it will fall or, or, or or rise but in reality i'm pretty sure it's just like you know, it's probably just RNG whether it goes up or not. And the, you know, the NPC is just telling you, oh, it could go up or could go down, you know. So it's RNG thing essentially. This is not work out um, very well because the money you would make if you were to min max it was still not good if you were to min max it. And it required a lot of around the clock so effort bad. to make sure you could min max it in the first place. And so if you were a person that just didn't have a lot of time and you couldn't be around when the price rose or fell, you're kind of screwed on the slice goal. And to top it off, the trade goods hasn't had an expiry date, so you could even lose money if you just had a streak of bad RNG with the price falling and never rising, and you also had no time to play. So it was an interesting idea in paper, but in practice, a, a terrible system. I think they were trying to like replicate—I don't know—like stocks in game or something like that, but it, it didn't really, didn't really, 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 it didn't really work. But now the question is, is like, what direction should they go? Right? Should they, yeah. should they just? Full on go with bartering, like, well, just hold TV on, then. What do you guys think?
0: So, well, they implemented it the, all. Um, so, all of what Jay just mm-hmm. said, this is like their new system. It's yeah. convoluted, it's complex, it's not very mm-hmm. good. It's based on RNG. And everyone's like, Well, what the hell? This took you nine months. Nine <laughs> months you've been teasing this, and this is what we get. And it was complete garbage. So, and then they announced mm-hmm. it's a Calpheon ball. All right, we're removing trading from the game. <laughs> so, it takes them not so a system that didn't work when the game released. Then they try to, like, for, for six years, and we're talking about active trading. Then they try to rework it for nine months. It still doesn't work. Now they've removed it from the game. What direction do we feel like they need to go in here? I'm going to be honest. Like, Blonde and I said it as simply as we could before. I think Blonde was actually the one that, that said it first. We would like just land bartering.
1: Yep. That's I what would we me actually do it. I would do it if it was land bartering. It's not land bartering. They screwed
0: it. Yeah, they screwed the pooch on it. So, like, what direction do we feel like that? I mean, that's the direction I feel they need to go in with it. But, like, I will be honest. Mm -hmm. If it was just land bartering, I probably wouldn't do it. There's something, like, majestic about having my big, like, boat on the ocean with, like, the waves Mm -hmm. crashing against it. And knowing that I've got all these materials, like, below deck. And I'm, like, sailing them from point A to point B. It's very strange, Mm -hmm. I know. But I do the same thing in Sea of Thieves. I like, like, picking things up and then moving them to another place. Um, like it's just a tremendous amount of fun for some reason. And it's very soothing, like mentally. So like, I don't know if I would actually do land bartering, um, or trading, uh, if that's basically all it was. So like, what direction do you guys think they should necessarily go, uh, go in with this, Jay, I'll get your opinion on it.
2: I actually have a couple of directions. So the first one, um, for trading is to just keep it simple. So you know how like, you know, people still make trade crates and sell it to, you know, another town far away to get silver, you know, the old classic system. What if they just go all in on this, right? They create some new systems to help support like this way of of doing it. Maybe inter- integrate like the trade goods into nodes themselves that your workers can gather. Okay. I think there's a lot of useless nodes in BDO, and this could be a way to reintegrate those useless nodes. That's and fair. Then you can, you know, get those trade goods, transport them. Um, transport them manually for faster silver gain or maybe you could just have the workers transport them for like a slower passive silver gain. And then the other direction I had was to um, have a a new system which uh, what if we had this sort of reputation system with the different merchant guilds in BDO because you know we have we have the Crow's Merchant Guild, we have the Xi'an Merchant Guilds from Calpheon with Isabella, right? And we Ooh. have Shikatu's Merchant Guild, right? What if we can build our reputation with these guilds by trading certain goods to them, and they give us better price on goods, maybe exclusive, you know, um, items from their shop or whatever, um, and we can get higher reputation from them, and then we can we can keep it simple by using our wagon to manually transport these goods. If we wanted to make it more complex we could maybe make it so that if you're supporting a certain merchant guild you can get access to certain exclusive items or exclusive trade goods um with their currency or something or but if you support that merchant guild you might hurt the reputation of the the other merchant guilds and lose access to those exclusive goods and so you have to like make a choice on which merchant guild to support and maybe if you had the merchant's ring Right, um, they treated you with more respect, and you gained bonus reputation for those merchant guilds. And we, maybe we can even add imperial seals as more currency for these merchant guilds for exclusive in-game items that are harder to get. Like um, an item right now that I am desperately trying to get is shadow lion heads because they're impossible to get off the market nowadays. And shadow lion heads are really really powerful furniture pieces, furniture buffs that give you AP for grinding. So those are my two ideas for how to revamp the trade mechanic
0: wow damn jay came prepared mm, today I, I well thought it out yeah yeah I well jay came prepared today okay let's 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 take those blonde do you have anything to add on that first not on that <laughs> <laughs> if this was a school group project blonde is the one that no one they don't want the person in their group because it's always the guy that just doesn't want to do anything. look at this bro jay's the Listen. guy that literally gets the group together and does everything
1: Listen, the way that training because at the time BDO came out, it was right off of the the back end of Arcage, and they designed the trading system and the PK system very similarly to Arcage. So in Arcage, your main way to make money was trade packing. It was the best like silver to energy at the time was the only way you could make money. It was the best like silver or gold to energy spending at the time, and so BDO did a similar system. Without the energy cost, where you buy these trade packs and take them to another place with a ton of money, and people could kill you and loot them off of you and then take them instead, right? When you go in the Valencia in the in the desert and you kill the traders, you literally pick up their trade packs to go turn in. The problem is that the silver value for the time and investment and the cost of your karma doesn't equal that. Like it's like everything. They took all the good concepts, but then the actual value, the the worth of doing it, was reduced by like ninety percent. So the system was just already screwed from the beginning because there's no reward for the incentive for doing. So it was, it was going to be busted from the beginning as it is. I mean, the, the, the only system I could see being, I mean, Jay's system sounds really cool and intricate, and that would be really cool. But I think that, you know, a lot of people are just looking for land bartering, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, I think I guess, people like it being simple.
0: Fair. Okay, well, Fair. all right. So Jay, let's look at your first suggestion um mm-hmm. this idea that, that uh, okay correct me if i'm wrong but this is the one mm-hmm. that you could go to like each individual node and like trade things to each individual node right
2: no i mean like um you you integrate your worker empire like uh-huh. your worker empire g- get, gets your trade goods for you okay and so you would um because right now there's a lot of useless nodes in bdo and so you don't really invest most of the nodes you just invest so you could you know connect things yeah with your nodes right right and so maybe we could add some more useful things your workers can gather for you which are those trade goods and you maybe you could process them into like you know more valuable trade goods and then trade them far away i do kind of like the mechanic the distance mechanic right where you you get bonus multiplier for how far you trade the good and so um it's just uh, a more like higher up, more manual way to do the the trade goods instead of just making it uh, a okay. passive way, you know.
0: All right. So making it more of like a kind of a passive income. Um and then hmm. your other suggestion, I like I know there were already people in the <laughs> chat like rolling their eyes like, Oh my god, it's a lower well, loser. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> that's but okay, like that's okay. the, the crow merchants that like all of, like the merchant guilds and stuff i think it would be really mm. cool to kind of connect them doing that kind of a system yeah. and you could kind of do blonde bear's idea where you just do, do you, you bring it to like land bartering right mm. with this crow merchant idea or what the um what were the other merchant guilds uh we have um Sian the shikatu merchant yeah those uh, yeah all those yeah all and those the Caltheon useless ones. And Chicago, yeah. Yeah, yeah right all those people <laughs> um so and connect them all and just do land bartering for the three and then you can kind of increase your reputation with them uh but mm. like you could also kind of work pvp into it too um which i know sounds mm. crazy but if you make if you add like kind of a risk reward system to your trade goods um it's so like delivering trade goods uh you could also okay. increase open world pvp at the same time so like if Uh, If you're able Mm. to successfully deliver trade goods to one merchant guild or another. um, And again, this could tie into like the faction system um, into some sort of faction system that we could have, like where everybody just kind of swears to like one trade trade (sighs) good faction one way or Mm. another. And players could get rewarded every week. The more trade goods that got delivered for their Mm. faction. Uh, So, you know, you include the traders in that case, like the life skillers that are actually doing the trading. Mm. Um, And then you also have the PvPers as well um now i do there there could be um, you could put limits on it so that like you can't be pvp'd all the time um and stuff but like um there there, or there could just be certain trade goods that are like hey you could be pvp'd while carrying this trade good but if you do it you get way more silver out of it Mm, right so like there there, there's definitely ways that you can include like pvp in it as well like as you transport the trade wagon that's an
2: interesting idea because I, I remember when you were doing I don't know if you ever did Imperial trading in the past where you would actually get the Imperial trade good and try to transport it. You would actually get attacked by like NPC bandits. Exactly. That's and, that's exactly yeah. where I so the that idea was the came idea from. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that's yeah. a, that's a cool idea. Yeah, we could I, we yeah, could and again, like different merchant guilds. Mm-hmm. You
0: could do it without PvP and you could, so you could have part of it without PvP and then you could have part of it with PvP mm-hmm. um included as well. Mm-hmm. And then, if nobody wants to bother you, then you're just making objectively more silver per hour. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. the life scoters are gonna necessarily argue about that. Um, and you could you could have people that like defend the defend your trade good um, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I mean, you could also do we like could this, add a
2: gun to the wagon so that you can mount it and shoot people.
0: Like, or you make the players <laughs> trading unkillable, so like yeah. the players themselves are not PvPable when they're using trade goods uh, from city to city. So like uh-huh. let's say that like I'm I'm representing the crow merchant guild and I do 100 trades um to like one of the other factions for the week. Well then I've contributed mm-hmm. essentially 100 we'll say 100 points um for my mm-hmm. particular faction system for the week. Well then there would also be like there could be like open world events where like hey, there's going to be this NPC like trade cart leaving from Heidel for mm-hmm. the representing the crow merchants guild. Um, in like 30 minutes. And then everybody that represents the Crow Merchant Guild wants that trade cart to make it to its destination. Mm. And everybody not representing that faction doesn't want it to reach its destination. And if it does reach the destination, okay, you get like a thousand points or whatever. You get That's like cool. way make more it points like for that. Event.
2: Exactly, right. dude. Cool. Cool. Like tax cart,
0: Ooh. but like fun. Um, mm. And then like the life skillers don't get bothered in that case. And you don't have PVP on life skillers for people trading their trade goods, but you also get the PVPers also get what they want. And everybody contributes to a faction system in this way. Um, I think that that's pre- that's pretty cool. I've wanted a faction system for a while, but like again, working life skillers into a faction system like this would be kind of difficult. I think this kind of works. Uh, I think this kind of works with the lore, to be honest with you, because you have life skillers contributing, you have people actually, and then like everybody gets a buff at the end of the week or whatever for whatever <laughs> system mm-hmm. does the most work. Right. Speaking cool. of that's lore, cool.
2: I always find it funny whenever they add. Um, like lore reasons for the reason um of why certain npcs are doing like for example like you know ravinia uh-huh. you know ravinia She there was only one ravinia originally yeah, i, know. I uh, thought that was cool you trade your crow coins yeah there was only crow he, she was at the crow's nest you had to i know go to ravinia, so inconvenient ravinia. and then so annoying. they added then they added that. Oh my God, Ravinia's twin sisters are, or like, tri- yeah, they're triplets or something. And then they're, they're triplets.
0: They're... <laughs> no, yeah, first they, they were just more twin you know, sister. Robinia,
2: and then it was like Robinia their long lost triplet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're triplets now. That's the lore reason they added why they're they're in the game. So I always I always love when they add that. It's so funny. <laughs> I just
0: wanted to point that. <laughs> well, they always do that in the patch notes too. It could be like a, some yeah. little change, and they're like um the oh. uh vendor in heidel has decided not to take a union break from the hours of 7 p.m to yeah, exactly. yeah. you know 10 a.m yeah. you know what i mean like uh, i i'm still waiting for that patch note to be honest like every <laughs> once i run up i'm like up stable keepers on union break gotta run down to the south stable for some obscure reason <laughs> yeah. it's really it's really annoying really he's really annoying too he's
2: he's freaking on he's not he doesn't have a midnight shift Yeah.
0: So, gonna sleep bro so blonde <laughs> how do you feel about like um land bartering but kind of like with the system that that, that jay and i kind of laid out there where like you have some aspects of it where like hey the pvpers kind of get their share and like every once in a while there's like this open world event uh and if the cart makes it to its destination that faction system or that um merchant guild uh gets like a big buff or whatever for the week you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think that involving all different types of players is pretty important when it comes to these events. Like for example, the like boss blitzes give you all different types of rewards, stuff to make the flame. You've got coins to redeem for life skill materials and stuff like that, and other things from the the coin vendor. Then there's like crystals for the PvEers and some PvPers, and then like also you get the crystals raw dropping, and then all those side materials. I think that like involving every different part of the player base is kind of important because if you create something for like one specific isolated group and there aren't that many players, I feel like you're kind of um, cutting off a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You're cutting off a lot of the player base that just doesn't have access to it. So allowing, yeah, that multi-level access, I think would be a really, really cool system. They just have to execute it well and make the either the fun and the reward kind of the same thing and also make it not inconvenient. I think some of the toughest parts about some life skills is that... Or, or even just world bosses in general sometimes it's like oh i don't have an alt there or, oh i'm nowhere near there and i'm just not going to do it um i think that stops a lot of players from interacting with these activities mm-hmm. so if they can find a way to fit it in um <laughs> somehow <laughs> i think i think it could be a really cool system okay I think so
0: how do you propose they introduce mastery to a system like this or do you think they leave it out of it
1: I don't know. I've been having discussions with some life skillers recently about the, the, quote-unquote, battle between the EXP gain life skill and the mastery gain life skill, on like, what's more important in it, and, like, different life skills having different breakpoints where you want to start and stop. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't have a clue. That's one of the toughest things. I feel like, I feel like for, like not a majority, I guess some of the more important life skills, like there's like a 2000 mastery breakpoint. So I guess you can kind of base it around there. Cause that would be your quote unquote, like end game mm-hmm. mastery gear. Roughly. I think that that would be probably the aim. Everything else before that's kind of like, you're working your way to level that stuff up, but mm-hmm. how, how do they balance it? I don't know because we've already got people that have the skills already leveled up in the game. So if it's based on mm-hmm. a current skill, I feel like there's already going to be some weird stuff, but I mean, if they make it rewarding, then people put the effort in to level those skills, and then they won't need to do the exp game. They'll just do the mastery side. And yeah, yeah. I think balancing around the two kick is probably the way to go.
2: Um, when you mentioned that, I actually um, I was thinking, what if they do life skills more so having like sub life skills? So an example is like gathering. You know, a gathering has like a bunch of different ways to do it. Like there's mm-hmm. chopping wood, um, you know, butchering it's meat, like
1: ten subsets and um, in trees. one.
2: I was thinking maybe they could maybe like add new sub genres of the life skills like in farming maybe we could have you know you know there's botany there's um you know animal herding or something like that you know for for those products and we could put farming uh, you know have more complex systems for it same thing with bartering and trading maybe they could just mix the two they're like when you're leveling up trading you're also leveling up bartering and then vice versa and that's they could integrate them the two as well you know
0: um that is that not, like I I think sadly, I think that there's really no way to incorporate mastery into something like trading and have it be balanced. Um yeah, for the same so. reason that bartering cannot have mastery. If you included mastery in bartering, I think that half the barterers would stop bartering. Um mm-hmm. because like part of the reason I got into it in the first place is because I didn't feel like I needed some end game life skilling set. You know, it was like this whole separate thing, right? Like, I want to live on the ocean. I want to be a sailor, and I don't necessarily need to be a life skiller if I want to be a sailor. To this day, people say, I mean, there's a lot you can do in BDO, and it's funny, you you listen to the way that they say it. They say, you can grind, you can PvP, you can life skill, you can barter. Bartering is literally its own, like, separate, like, it's not life skill. <laughs> life skills are like, don't associate us with those degenerates. We are different than them right mm. like we are not the same as like the ocean goers and i think the ocean goers have always wanted to be se- a little bit separate um and again you don't need mastery to make that stuff work it does help uh, right. somewhat but like it really doesn't maybe maybe you could use the mastery to increase your wagon speed that would be reasonable mm. right mm-hmm. like it's not like busted you don't necessarily need it but like it would increase your wagon speed right that that that, that that's interesting that's interesting. But I sadly, I don't think that they can really include that stuff. Um, how do you guys feel about increasing mastery overall? It's a little off subject. How do you guys feel about increasing mastery from like 2k to 3k?
1: Like, having a new camp mm-hmm. for more Ooh, bonuses yeah. and rewards. I, know, I mean, I think lost. there should always be something to chase. Like, from all the mm-hmm. talks, the basic talks I've had with certain life skillers, like, yeah, a lot of them just say, well, you don't really need a pen. You don't really need to go for this. Most mm-hmm. of the people mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. end up getting pen, like, got their name on it or they're, like, they're uh, labeled as a life skiller. So it's like, oh, this is, like, my like black thing. star of yeah, life right. skilling gear, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's always kind of weird when it's like, I don't need it. But I don't know if that's a conversation where they're like, oh, you don't need it, so get into it, or you don't need it because, like, it really doesn't matter. Um, it would be cool if mm-hmm. there were another push or something to push for. But I feel like it's always, again, that discussion between, like, pushing EXP f- versus pushing, like, actual gains. But then mm-hmm. there's a certain point where they go back to getting EXP because the gains don't really matter because they're already doing whatever mm-hmm. and they just want to get higher on the charts for EXP. So it's... Mm-hmm. um. I mean, it'd be cool it's if there was of... something to push for.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of ties into what you were like, um, trying to explain, like in the old moon precast before with like runescape, you want to like go over that again?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I like think the kind of time uh, in, in that way, right? <laughs> so Jay mentioned adding like new life skills and I thought that'd be really complex, um, because the way that mm-hmm. the, a lot of this and the old school runescape have very kind of similar things in, in the same concept. Um, they're like you could put thousands of hours into runescape and still continuously play it and still not hit end game. And that's not even doing mm-hmm. some of the regular activities and rates. Like you could just spend all your time in that game light, like literally leveling and never reach like the quote unquote content. That's, like, all the other things you do with those skills. But somehow, RuneScape has learned how to integrate, like, mini-games and different things and, like, miniature boss fights and group events to, like, level up things and collect things. They have, like, a lot of just, like, that um, sort of horizontal content where you're collecting this, collecting that, getting this, getting that. Um,
2: Horizontal content, Oh, I
1: I think if they maybe went in that direction, I mean, with a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff in BDO... um, like costumes titles more specifically and other things like that i think they could do a a much better job but i i don't know it's that's like a whole nother can of worms
0: some people are saying uh some people are saying the more life skiller uh more life skills you add the more bloat the game will have uh we don't need more we need them to care more for the ones that already exist how do you guys feel about that statement exactly i don't necessarily agree with that i think that if the if the life skilling system that they add is like concise um, and like clean, then okay. But I think that if it adds a bunch of unnecessary items or a bunch of unnecessary things or it's just convoluted like the trading system they added, I don't like it very much. Mm-hmm. But I think that if it's like bartering, I think it's a W. I think adding new life skills is reasonable.
1: Other than gathering and hunting, um, 90% of the life skills you're AFK, trading, you're having your workers do. Farming, you do for five minutes out of the day every four hours. Um, fishing, you're usually AFK. You can active fish, but most most people AFK fish. Cooking and alchemy are done when you have a 5,000 worker station, so you can be gone for an hour. A lot of these skills are done AFK, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. I understand for life skillers, they're probably like, please don't add more. I have so much still to work on. But like having more... and, and The gathering games have been really cool, but that still all kind of follows under gathering. In general, I think it is really tough to add new life skills because, um, like, what more could they add other than just making it another just mini or activity? Um, mm. Because, like, even in old school RuneScape, to add a new, like, skill level to level or life skill or whatever took many, many years and the entire community to vote on it. And, and they have to get a certain majority because they poll everything. And just, like, in every time they've ever tried to introduce anything, and especially because it's old school landscape because they want to keep it that classic way, um, it just, it's like, some people see it as a dilution, some people want it to stay the way it is, some people played the game so much they do want it to evolve a little bit, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of a tense discussion on what's better and what's worse. But I don't know, with the, with the merging of life skills on all characters... I don't know i feel like this could change things they're gonna have the universal tool bag that lets you put all your tools in there i would imagine they would have to make a universal equipment set that's like equipped to your account on your life skill side of your account so that all your characters can kind of share those things i think if they did some more stuff developing that way it might not feel as bad but i think i uh, I don't know i
0: i don't mind them adding like life skills specifically so long as they're concise and the system is easy to grasp and understand um (laughs) that's that's totally fine as far as adding mastery goes i think that adding mastery for active life skills is totally fine i think that if you want to add mastery levels for like gathering or hunting you are totally okay i think adding mastery levels for things like cooking and alchemy is probably not okay anymore because you're going to reach a point um where you have like these tycoons on the market that are just like I don't know, like, they're going to be able to flip things on the market for, like, like way too easily, and then all of the base materials will get sold out by these big people that are just basically cooking and doing alchemy all day. When you have hundreds of players doing it, that's okay when you only have dozens of players doing that, right? But, like, when Mm -hmm. you have hundreds to thousands of players that are like oh i can just stand in front of the utensil and try to flip materials all day well, then you end up with a shortage of materials across the board um and then like the the prices change and things for, uh, for stuff like this but like i think increasing like the the mastery level for gathering and like hunting mm-hmm. uh and then let's see what other active life skills do we have so, um maybe even active fishing like a... would be fine if if they added gonna... mastery for active fishing i think it might actually Like that right now there is fishing Mm -hmm. mastery, which is a joke. Like people are like, oh, I can't believe I haven't caught this fish. I have 2000 fish mastery. Get the fuck (laughs) out of here. You're crazy. There is no shock, right? Um, (laughs) Metastricious girls. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a break, dude. Uh, It's a complete joke, right? Like the Creos fishing chair is kind of a joke. So like, I I actually think they should bring back active fishing, like by via hotspot. Mm. Hotspot fishing was fun. Like if you ever tried it back in the day.
1: I think you are getting to just actually play the game with any of the, the skills yeah. or random things you want to do should be somewhat oh, yeah, um, profitable, but I think it's so difficult mm-hmm. because um, th- they always have a hard time balancing and creating things that, not that I you know want to make an excuse for PA, but they always seem to have a hard time, or they'll take nine months to create what is the current trading system that they've just turned <laughs> off, so... <laughs> i don't know i don't know who's the big brains behind that stuff but maybe yeah, we need a, some new people what about
0: like harpoon fishing yeah like I, oh my yeah. gosh bro you could do you, that the harpoon minigame is actually kind of fun the only time i ever did it was at the termian event where they had like a daily to like do some like harpoon and it was actually kind of fun trying mm-hmm. to like skewer the thing in the water like it kind of feels like uh how sniper mm-hmm. rifle hunting works um that, that that system is a lot of fun too but like uh jay sorry you didn't really get to talk on like adding life skills and stuff um
2: when you were talking about like when active active stuff maybe uh-huh. they should add like an active version um for everything that has a passive version if that makes sense so like maybe there's an active version of cooking so you know like i don't know if you ever played, like cooking you gotta Mama play like a mini game could...
0: <gasps> no we do that yeah what's up what's that <laughs> What's that cooking game that you play with your friends? That like you, you're constantly like you need more materials and like there's stuff coming down a conveyor belt and there's orders coming in. uh, Eat this order. Overcooked. Overcooked. You make it overcooked. See, because see now you can you can Mm -hmm. you can cook in your mansion with your other guild members all right here no let me cook very cool yeah played up exactly (laughs) let me cook right now everybody in your guild is in (laughs) the mansion and there is like bro you literally uh, like do like an overcooked mini game with your guild wouldn't that be so much fun (laughs) oh my god you could get your guild together over life skilling you're all in voice together and you're like no no no, give me the tomatoes the tomatoes here comes jay running (laughs) like
1: (laughs) that's just would be so much fun. Oh my gosh, fun. it would be such yeah. a good time. And in, in systems like matter, what and I hate to say it over and over again, but old school RuneScape has these types of oh mini games is... together. That would be so cool if we had that, right? It would be old cool. school RuneScape has that. So let's do it. <laughs> I don't know why they they like copied a a lot of like like well not copied. There's a lot of reminiscent stuff to old school RuneScape, and that would be really cool, especially if you could level it up or, you know have similar game systems because they have because the waste of time they have all these skills and you, there's ways to level them up then there's ways to use that skill level to then do the activity and then there's even mm-hmm. further end game stuff right like i feel like that's a lot of what's missing like you're cooking and you're cooking and you're cooking so you can sell stuff and you can cook more and you can sell stuff and you cook more imagine if like there was games that gave you exp and a little bit of money and mm-hmm. just group activity stuff to do in general like that stuff is definitely that would be
0: cool yeah like, the, cool. like they could take these games that we all like playing on the side and stuff and just have like again like played up or medium, you know yeah. overcooked or whatever um would be oh god that this would be so much fun dude i would actually just <laughs> i would have so much fun screaming at people in that game i would make <laughs> infinite content it would be so good you know it would jay You're you know good be people, so yo. good.
1: <laughs> that would be really fun <laughs> like and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger as you add more people so there's more orders stacking up that's what i'm
0: saying though
1: (laughs) right like you have so
0: many orders going everybody's at their utensil and you got to break it across the room like it would it would be like this whole like mini game it would be so cool bro like a blatant ripoff of played up but like who cares you know what i mean who cares i mean i'm in with both feet it would be so much fun um okay um there is one more thing i did want to talk about today so we'll pivot a little bit over to it I kind of wanted to get your idea on Scholar first impressions. Scholar, the new class in BDO, has been out for, what, uh, two and a half weeks now? Three weeks? Mm -hmm. Something like that? Two and a half, three weeks? I said two and a half weeks. So we've all basically, if you want to play her, you've basically gotten a chance to play her at this point, and you've had a good time with her, or maybe you've not had a good time with her. I'm curious what your first impressions on Scholar uh, are. I know, Blonde, you have her tagged, right? Yep. Yeah, we're Scholar enjoyers. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jay, who's a filthy Woosa enjoyer, um, has not tagged her yet. But you've seen her. Have you seen her in your PVE groups? I, see, I, I played her for seasons. That's it. Okay, but you have seen her in your PVE groups, right? Like in the endgame yes, Yeah, yeah. So. blonde
2: is grinding with me at Ollens, and she does some pretty good PVE damage. You know, at least
0: from the, our clear speed. So yeah, her I blonde I, is really good. Well, I would say that like at, at spots where like the mobs are really slow moving and you can back mm-hmm. attack a lot, I think she's a legend. Yeah. I think she's really good at that. Um. But at spots where you have to you need pack-to-pack mobility or like the mobs turn around quickly. I think that her pre-buffs actually are so unprotected you get knocked out of your pre-buffs a lot. Um i I'm, Blonde, I don't know how you feel about that, but like I think that she has too many pre-buff skills that you have to basically mm-hmm. warm up. You have to use like three skills before you can even try to start using the other skills in your kit. Blonde, how do you feel about
1: it? Yeah, yeah. I mean there's I think that it's tough because the the discussion like early to mid to end game, I think in the early spots and stuff is like rough, but when you get her to end game spots where you don't need to do every single individual pre-buff, I think it's pretty good. Right. Um, the main thing is the DP minus and your attack speed, and then you already have AP built into, like, a lot of your kit. But it does feel weird when I'm doing, like, the first four abilities in my kit, and I'm like, okay, these don't do, like, crazy damage because they're all my buffs, and then I use the two or three abilities that do that truckload of damage, and it feels good. Um, yeah, I I definitely can agree with that. But the—I I don't know. It, it's like—it can feel rough, but— it's uh it's got a fun flow, so I don't Dude, mind it necessarily. Is. It flows really I, I well. have been
0: waiting for a hammer class for like ever. Granted, I thought I was gonna be playing a bald dwarf. I set that aside for a moment. <laughs> um, like it is a tremendous amount of fun to play. I absolutely love it. I think it's low enough APM that I can play it long term. I think that it's got my favorite weapon. Um, because I really like the hammer aesthetic. Uh, and mm-hmm. you get to pretend to be, you get to RP as Thor, which is pretty, Thor with boobs, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, like, I think that, like, there's also, like, dude, let's talk about the skin potential on this class, and so you set aside for a moment, like, <laughs> um, what the skin actually looks like, the hammer potential. Um, like, they can make some pretty, pretty cool hammers, but, like, overall, I think it's a lot of fun. I really don't feel like it does any damage at all in PvP. I know that, yeah. you you haven't actually I, probably hit anybody yet, but, like,
1: I've done some AOS (laughs) um, and I've swapped between like full AP, hybrid, full DP and it almost feels no different um, regardless of what I'm doing in any of them.
0: Bro, you're charging up some big skill. You're like, oh my God, this is going to do so much damage. (laughs) Bro, like every single time you go to hit something, it's brutal dude. It's, it's yes. not like the big ass hammer that you think it's going to come slapping down on them. It just doesn't do any damage. You get knocked over in PvP by a Scholar, you're like, oh, thank God I'm going to stand back up. I'm totally fine. Because like you're just not going to... She just doesn't do enough damage overall. And I think but, that that's basically the complaint across the board.
1: But I think that's okay. Um, I think that it's okay for the class that start out ridiculous because every time a class is ridiculous every like you have half the player base complaining oh gosh it's OP player of the month and you have the other half that's like um playing it so they're like oh this is great it's not that bad it's not that strong guys it's gonna be okay da 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 I'm okay with the way they've designed the class. Ascension, first of all, was probably the best choice for the oh, class. Oh, so good. <laughs> Thank um, God, Everything dude. flowing feels like how class design Butter. should be. Yes, And then dude. every week, uh, the the Discord was opened by, I think, one of the ambassadors from the original, uh, the, the PA Discord. So they immediately opened up a feedback channel, and then, like, after the first week, they're like, okay, what's your guys' feedback? They put everything in a nice little document forwarded to PA, then did the next week, then the next week, after every global change... And every real, not ridiculous, every real complaint that was, like, a genuine, real thing, because i played it myself, I know, um, actually was addressed in, in everything. Um, it was really nice. Like, every, every like, legitimate change, like, some of the flows, some of the movements, some of the cooldowns, um, some of the ways that some people were using certain rotations, so they made stuff not go, like, you could still use it on cooldown, but it wouldn't be, like, crazy strong or whatever. And then even the Rebombs... Um, like look at some certain things like this Mm. class is already kind of slow and doesn't really deal that great damage. So now we have either we can slow people or we can remove slows and then we've got movement. Um, I think they just, it's well-rounded and Mm. I'm okay with it not starting strong. So they can just kind of like adjust that, right? Everything's kind of set right now on the flow of the class and the PVE and everything. And now I think is when they can be like, okay, well let's maybe like adjust these numbers a little bit and then, then they can go from there. I think, I think that's, how it should be. I I like it. That I, like I would way, prefer it
2: that one. Um, I was gonna say I I like the way they in that her bombs are like integrated with the rest of her kit, compared to some other classes where they just feel like like separate abilities that are like very very situational. And I I think you would um like her her bombs to like, just flow into each other as well. And then then she has that you know those options again. Like when you mention oh you can either remove slows on yourself or um. At, it, you know, slow other people like, it's I similar what you options. said mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's, it's similar what you've mentioned before where you're like man it'd be cool mm-hmm. if like i could use choose a healer choose a this or maybe choose this mm-hmm. kind of weird buff or choose something like that that's party oriented i was like hey this is like exactly what jay said <laughs> hello <laughs> this is cool <laughs> pretty cool
0: <laughs> yeah no i think that like ascension i think that they should do more classes like ascension mm-hmm. i think it includes both both aspects i feel like they both have their identities but like Bro, having to the one of my biggest problems with Awakening Witch is that she feels so clunky. Trying to get to and from Awakening is just so annoying. Um, mm. it's really really clunky, and I, I'm sure that Jay, you've probably had that problem too. Like, how do you feel about Awakening? Uh, I would say Awakening Musa is probably a lot better because it was designed more recently. No,
2: yeah.
0: Like, and yes, so like it's, so, it's just... um, okay. Go ahead.
2: I I found that uh the pre awakening kit like I use it a lot. I use a lot of the pre awakening kit. It's still like so. I think because it's a lot more modern, right, the, the, the way they designed her class, it just feels really nice going in and out, weaving in and out of your pre-awakening and awakening kit, uh, compared to my witch, who who I played for like five years, like I know, like, I, I never really used my pre-awakening, I tried in the past, and it, it actually did work in the past, I don't know if you ever grinded like history back in 2018 2019 your absolute skills actually scale the better than your awakening skills so you would need to weave in and out of your pre-awakening and awakening your staff and your your odd Sphera, to uh-huh. do viable damage in history because our scaling yep. damage back then was dog poo poo. and so um nowadays it's just just awakening but i i kind of i kind of think that um uh it, you know i've always personally thought the absolute kit was part of the awakening kit and it just feels very disconnected for some of the older classes, and I I feel like it should be more as how Awakening Wusa does it, or like the newer Awakening classes where it's more integrated with the rest of the kit.
0: Yeah. Um. You say integrated with the rest of the kit, and I'm forgetting now mm-hmm. because in the patch notes they said I haven't gotten a chance to really play it since yesterday mm-hmm. was my day off, and admittedly I was like I'm gonna go grind a bunch, and then I slept all day. Mm-hmm. Um. So like the. How are the Rebombs for Scholar necessarily worked in um, Blonde? How have, you, have you explored them yet?
1: Um, yeah. Um, the the kind of consensus is you're going to the second option on all of them. Um, the second option on the first set is, like, they're both, like, kind of damaged. They're both frontal guards, but the second one flows better into some of your abilities. And then the second one, the second rebomb level 57, is the movement. You have Golden Path, or you can do Golden Barrier, where... Um, you do, again, another frontal guard, and you recover um, MP. Anyways, people are going with the movement just because they already feel like, oh, I don't get enough movement. And then the third one is kind of like, depending on what you're choosing, like you can choose to debuff everybody around you for attack and cast speed on stuff, um, or you can um, use the, the like, re- completely remove slows and stuff. I think it's more of a preference, which is, I think, kind of the way it should go. I think you can swap between the two different ones because there's two different CCs, on both of the 56 and 57er bombs, it's really just kind of on playstyle. So I think they did a, a a pretty nice job on like, like, even the damage seems very similar on some of the abilities. Not that that's what you're really looking for, but.
0: Yeah, but I, like, so, but do they flow into the, you said they like, do mm-hmm. they flow into the other abilities? Like, how, how does yeah. that work?
1: there's a few where um the only way to do some cancels is a space bar. i think the second uh gravity rush one on the the first or bomb uh is just it's animations a lot quicker um for stuff that you're looking for versus the first one but sometimes you want that lingering so like it's okay for it to last longer but a lot of them flow into certain abilities i don't know every single one i was reading some people had comments on it in the discord um because there's been a lot of experimentation um, but I've been using them pretty throughout everything I've been grinding and it just feels good to grind I mean I kind of already have my set combo so I'm that's like, what I they're not changing <laughs> that's everything exactly. but that's how I felt it's i it's like, nice.
0: oh, I'll, just, I'll just i'll just keep doing my combo for now yeah uh,
1: until i <laughs> it's not anything i i really am dire needed but i also do spots where i'm like sitting at the stone and a deck yet right if i was doing maybe dark seekers retreat the movement would probably feel a lot better than what i'm used to there's also a lot of other changes specifically like and again this is where they listen to the feedback like the cue flow where you're you can cue a lot faster where you throw and then teleport to it that's a lot quicker there's a lot of that sort of movement stuff that's um been cleaned up a lot some people are saying that the second hit for the animation for shift l and b is a lot quicker even though it's only affecting the, technically the second part so the second part's faster but it's the first part the end of the first part that lingers too long in the second one. but the cool thing is like with that again with just the class design in general it's like you can cut off a lot of these animations and and there's a lot of just ways to move around the kit i, I just think it's i think it's a really well-designed class and I'm okay with it not being OP, and now they can just kind of adjust it to pull it up to where it needs to be by doing small buffs every week, for the PvP side of things. Because right now it's kind of like, ugh.
0: Yeah, I think I I think it just I think the kit overall I think we can agree is incredible. It's fun to use. It flows really well. It feels like it has functionality in PvP. It just has zero like, their guilds are banning this. Like you're like actually not allowed to play Scholar in large scale PvP in the competitive guilds. Or you're griefing and i I agree with that to be honest with you as someone that says yeah you you should be able to play whatever you want except for scholar because it's that bad (laughs) it contributes so horrendously bad to the offense it is not
1: scaling well yeah yeah i I think in every form even like even aos all the way to like end game you know 340 ap it still is just not really feeling but what about great. the jump
2: hide party buff that's
1: pretty hey, sweet i like that that is cool i you love know, we it we friends... together. RP yeah. together. when you do
0: jump you can actually go over people like mario <laughs> Yep. <Yo>. yes
1: <laughs> it is pretty cool what if that
2: they buffed fun. it to the point where you could start climbing castle walls
0: <laughs> Now I mean, we're talking.
1: No, how that, busted that cool. Le-
0: realistically speaking though, if if you could if the jump height buff was like actually like reasonable and it like quadrupled your jump height, say suddenly you could just jump up onto rooftops. <laughs> is that even busted or is it just fine? I feel like that, that is just fine.
1: Right? I mean, like I feel like that, that is totally class. fine. So doesn't she have
2: that one ability where she like turns into like I don't know, like a mist in the air, and then she starts yeah. start climbing walls? What if you could bring people with you from <laughs> that It's like a Ooh, party. Oh, like the yeah. mage teleport. Yeah, the mage teleport, yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. What you could just bring people so, down like... from
1: walls, you mean? No, you, you pull them up you know, with you and then they go with you in your little you. orb yeah. and you pull a bunch of people. Yeah. So you could go over a castle wall with like a five man or something. Mm-hmm. That, oh, would party with you. That, <laughs> that would
0: be sick. That would be cool. That would be interesting. I don't know if I would say sick is necessarily the, the word. secret ops going
1: in over the wall. secret ops, yeah. Pulling your 200% Zerker going in there.
2: <laughs> what if it's opposite? You you take enemies with you, and they can't do anything, and you, like, take them out of the fight. It's like a banish.
1: Yeah, I'm cool with you know? that, too.
0: <laughs> Just throwing out ideas. No, thank you. No, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> i actually yeah. think that her passive um giving out hold on, let me see let, let me read this real quick the the passive gives your allies defense what defense nullifying damage plus 20 is that just like dp
2: how i understand it it's like someone told me it's supposed to be like flat damage like it's just flat 20 hp or something like that i don't know if that is the way it works well but it says that's defense nullifying
0: damage plus 10 seconds on critical hits so like when yeah, we so every crit, critical hit, they you get... just
2: do 20 flat extra damage. I, again, I don't know for sure if that's how it works. I was just told that that's how that works. It's very
0: unclear. They need to. Like yeah, just like I, don't, I don't understand what that head. means. And then it says allies get defense nullifying damage plus three on critical three. hits. Mm-hmm. So, like, we crit and then they get defense nullifying damage plus three. I don't understand what it means. And yeah. then it says it's, all um... recovery effects minus 20%. Uh, for 10 seconds when you hit somebody does that mean potions too? because potions are kind of recovery
1: it's a a flat tick on every hit of damage for each of your skills Mm. that's what it's adding, it's a flat set of damage that was a big and shiny test is what it tested
2: so if you had like 10 hits the 20 nullifying thingy if if you crit 10 times from that one ability that would equate to 200 HP like flat 200 HP, you know what I mean so I think that's okay. what that means. Maybe somebody in chat can clarify or knows for sure.
1: Yeah, it's just flat damage on top of the damage you already do. Flat and then proper. attacking sacking that with like um, crit elixirs will just add mm. more, even more damage. I can link you guys the... um
0: mm. The math. It's gonna, be, okay. it's gonna be
1: a bunch of numbers, but yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it's like it has this kind of language on on elixirs too, and it's just not clear. We don't understand what it means. Like defense nullifying damage. What does that mean? Like that, like that. We
1: Basically, still don't I understand. Guess armor
0: <laughs> Is it though, or are we guessing? Why am I guessing? It's a, it's a, it's like a core component to the class. Like, why do I have to like put a... quite like it's. It's armor piercing, and yeah, you have a question mark at the end annoying. of your sentence. <laughs> like, like, what is and that? Also,
2: debuff resistance against monsters. That's also they need to freaking clarify that too, because I get questions about that all the time too.
0: Yeah, what does that
1: the mean? Way, the way that the elixir, so, or rather the effect, works is that each attack can hit a maximum of ten total damage higher. Uh, that's like what it does. Is that it, it gives a an, a new maximum to the hit damage?
2: and clarify for defense uh for debuff resistance against monsters it's basically like a second roll on your resist so let's say you have 90 percent knockdown resist and you have 10 percent debuff resistance against monsters it doesn't actually put you to a hundred percent um knockdown resist there's still a 10 percent chance you'll get knocked down but if, if that goes through then you have that extra buffer that extra roll you have like a second roll of a 10% chance or however much debuff resistance you have to also resist it um at at a second chance and that's how that works and i don't know why they worded it that way and why it's so freaking confusing so they need to work on that
0: it's very strange to me just super weird (laughs) okay but overall very happy with scholar so far i just just don't use it in pvp Just don't use it in (laughs) PvP and the class seems fine. Uh, In PvE, I think she's doing more than capable amounts of damage most of the time. I do Mm -hmm. think that like she's not very good. Okay, so she's either really good at a spot or she's really bad at a spot. and There's really not any in-between on it. Uh, But overall, it seems like she's good at enough spots that nobody's really complaining on her. Um, All right, so let's do closing thoughts here because we are definitely well over the time here. We got to get to our dungeon run here, so um yep. blonde why don't
1: you give us your outro first hi i'm blonde bear i have been grinding non-stop for the lvi i am at 300 plus ami rings and it's not gonna stop until i get it lvi or bust I can i also get catch you mm-hmm. sometimes doing olens with jay and whoever else wants to do them i'm probably gonna be grooving with aurelio soon i was talking to him about it because i know he's pushing that catch me at twitch.tv slash blonde bear to catch me grinding
0: hey blonde i'm here too bro you can always grind with me too big man
1: it's fine i get it Understand, hey, listen, yeah, we can grind, we can grind together. I'm yeah. a succession yeah.
0: witch. Do you understand how high value I am? I'm not only a succession good? witch. Oh my god, is that good?
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah. listen, I don't judge people by their classes, I take all people's shapes and sizes, you know.
0: I don't listen, mind. Well, you should
1: listen. Um, they take scholars these people, days, you know.
0: That's that is true, but if you had a suck it's witch, true. the scholar doesn't matter as much because the witch is killing everything, right? Like, <laughs> easy peasy. Um, and Jay
2: yeah so closing thoughts um yes and you can find me over at twitch.tv slash jaycoonvtv before the (laughs) t
0: bro nothing no closing he's like i don't really have an opinion i literally gave the solution for trading across the board the developers (laughs) are literally up huge but that's fine no closing thoughts at all no big deal (laughs) all right it's empty up there (laughs) oh my god all right and i am blue squadron there's always something going on on my channel uh today we have the old moon podcast we're gonna do the dungeon then we're gonna do a bunch of reacts both bdo and other mmo like and otherwise for all the the major things happening both in our game and in other games uh and then there's we have the um the united nations podcast we do siege we shot call Uh, basically new stuff every single day and it's all put on YouTube too. So there's new YouTube videos every day as well. All my social media information is right there. Um, as for the old moon podcast, you guys can actually catch us on Spotify and Apple podcasts as well. So like if you guys are on your way to work and you just want to listen on your phone, you can absolutely listen to us, uh, on your phone. Just make sure you hit that follow button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so that we know that how many people are actually listening and things every week, uh, from all of us here at the old moon podcast, have a great rest of your week.